Hello and welcome guys to this episode of Trade Talks. I go about as Medici FX and in today's episode I've got FX Machiavelli, other way known as Max, the founder of Fintech BV and Archimedes Capital. Welcome once again. Thank you man, thank you for having me. Right, so the topic of this uh, podcast is going to be Brexit, your personal cool. involvement in the whole aspect of trading the GBP pairs from 2016 when you got involved with Forex and then moving up till now. I want to hear your journey. I want to hear the timelines and how you got involved and why. Why did you trade GBP in these volatile times? Right. Um, I think let's just answer that question. Uh, The first thing, the big question is obviously why. Uh, uh, Before Brexit, you can look at the graphs and you can see the most traded pairs that were traded prior to Brexit, you know, prior 2016. And you'd see it'd be heavy uh, dollar pairs, it'd be uh, JPY pairs, such as USD JPY, and obviously Euro dollar pairs, because dollar was always just, it still is, you know, it's a major currency out there, and it's still quite volatile, but now less volatile compared to Brexit, uh, Brexit compared to GDP ever since 2016. What's the reason behind that is that obviously when the rumors came afloat that Great Britain wanted to leave the EU, that caused a massive carfuffle for sterling pairs, right? I mean, unheard of of a country trying to leave the EU and suddenly every headline that's actually being published by a valid news source is moving the market with 100, 200 pips. So that was all prior June 2016, obviously. And you just witness these these movements of slight rumors just catastrophically moving price up and down. Let's say you just look at GU prior to the whole 2016 vote, even before the whole Brexit movement, before the vote even got cleared and before it was even official. Any little sense of Brexit headline news on the internet was, oh shit, here we go. It's going to be one hell of a day. Like, you know, your New York session, your London session is going to be absolutely chaotic with sterling pairs. So you think, you'd naturally think like, hey, that's kind of a double-edged sword. That's kind of dangerous. You want to stay away from that, right? It's, it's like as if you're trading an exotic pair. But your tech is in place. If your tech is in place, then you can rely and focus more on your fundamentals. And if your fundamentals are in place and you know and you can anticipate these movements based on the mannerism that these headlines are being made, just like how we analyze fundamentals now, it's a win-win scenario, right? You've got volatile pairs that move quickly in your favor if you do it right. So that's kind of the decisive decision from moving over from your standard pairs back then. Let's say USD JPY, uh, EURUSD. The other JPY, Euro JPY, those are the big three before 2016. Moving to GBP USD, GBP JPY, and Euro GBP. Because mm-hmm. it was just the hype to trade sterling pairs in the sense that the movements they made per day, pip count, were twofold, threefold the times that Euro pairs, dollar pairs would do in a day. So Mm-hmm. It, it, it just be, you know, it makes sense to, hey, I'm going to go from a slow trading pair to a higher trading pair. Mm-hmm. My ratios are the same. 
my win rate is the same. Just the time it takes for me to hit TPs is reduced by half. Mm-hmm. Uh, like is reduced like twice or three times. Right. So that's a, that's that's just the thought process of why mm-hmm. um, why that happened. But it doesn't take away that once you know Doomsday happened June 2016 that month, and we saw the chaotic move mm-hmm. after the vote. Like you woke up. And the vote got cleared. And then you look at the screens and you're like, ah, well, that just happened. Um, doesn't take away that it's a very difficult and it was a very difficult and it still is a very difficult chaotic period of time to trade. But you just knew that the moment we created this low with Brexit, we're in this whole new paradigm of trading. Mm-hmm. Post-Brexit vote, pre-Brexit vote. Mm-hmm. So you can't compare these two because the move that you saw, mm-hmm. that one candle that, you know, everyone uses here and there now for their fibs mm-hmm. is, is just, is just this, this slaughterhouse of a fucking <laughs> candle, like 150 pips plus from just on a one hour dropping all the way, breaking any previous lows on yeah. every sterling pair there is. Cause it's so unheard of, of a country leaving the EU. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's kind of a good introduction to uh, to the whole paradigm of Brexit trading, and then um, so that's that's from a retail aspect, right? So let's quickly step it over. Why was that interesting for institutions as well? Is because let's say you know you you're ripping this new low, and I was that's the that's the first time the first time I blew account. Yeah, let's let's be honest here. <laughs> was with Brexit. Was with Brexit trading. I mean, let's come clean. What happened and what made that so interesting to see is that the moment we created this new low and we're, we're going to play full open book now, unfortunately, um, is simple support and resistance, right? Everyone, everyone is looking at this, this, this support, right? The vote happened, we hit this low and now we bounced off this low. And everyone in their mind is thinking like, we just created rock bottom, right? We created rock bottom. There's nothing worse than Britain leaving the EU. So, you know, it happened. They're gone. It's happening. We've created this line, this imaginary line. And yet behold, where do everyone, every trader play buy limits on every sterling pair on that line? They're like, hey, if we ever reach that low again, we're going to bounce from it because, you know, we've never been that low. You've never seen a low that low. It's the strongest and the fattest brick wall there is to bounce off from. And that was the peak moment for institutions to realize and to see that there was so much liquidity in that block that the moment that we could reach you know, I had I had my entire account just on that line, right? You know, is, is this is like oh you know, trading trading one hundred and one. This is the easiest thing ever. Like you've never seen a support line as good as this. This is the most textbook support line, right? And yet, behold, what happens is we we shatter this support line, and not just by a little bit. You know, we rip it, we shatter it. We go straight through it. And the amount, the amount of margin calls 
on that day. The amount of people that have fallen that day is uh, is unheard of, man. That's uh, that's exciting and scary at the same time. What can I say? Right. So, and the beauty of that is that made lots of people go back to uh, to standard trading. You know, they, they got wiped and to their nine to fives. And back to their nine to five. You know, they got wiped. They uh, they lost their account. I lost my account. Right. That was your um, first ever account. First ever account. Yeah. Yeah. First ever account. Uh, absolutely gone, obliterated. Um, and you sit there and you're like, hey, this is very volatile. This is scary. You know, Brexit is is not one to just mess around with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sterling and it's and it's also people then just radiated back and you can really see if you just look at your charts and you can just look at volatility if you look at just the numbers or whatever brokerage you have you can see that after just if you look on the monthly candle right if you look at june 2016 and you compare the quick like volumes of a sterling pair compared to a euro pair you can see that it descended quite a bit after june because traders feared sterling they were like pound sterling. I'm not touching that after that. You know, people got their hands burnt a lot more than just their hands, and they're uh, they're dipping back to other pairs. Right. But then, what happened to the people that stayed in the game? It's um, or got back to GBP trading is that we're, you're fresh, right? You know, you're 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 in a new in a new like area of your graph post Brexit. You know, you've created this low, you've broken this low, obviously, but prior tech is very difficult to use because we've now gone to something that we haven't seen. Like there, you know, when people say, look left on your chart, respect your technicals, there was no left on our chart. Our left on our chart was like the, the two months ago. True. What am I, like what are you supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. So you're very, uh, you're, you're creating the stuff that we're using now. Like that's the thing. What was happening in real time for us then is the the monthly and weekly levels we use now. Yeah, like that's, that's baffling to think about because at that time we didn't have monthly or weekly levels to base anything on. Yeah. So what that meant is that you were supposed to go to much smaller time frames and look at pure price action on let's say H1, H, um, M30, and just M15. Mm-hmm. So you're focusing a lot more on a such a small time frame because you couldn't base your technicals off previous data because there was none. Mm-hmm. And if there was, it was a level that was, you know, prior to the whole Brexit vote, which has been, you know, it, that, that's, that's like a thousand, two thousand pips away. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like, you know, you can have, you can have your stuff there, but we're never going to go that high because this country just dipped from the EU. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting thing to really point out is that we were we were like pioneers with gbp trading sounds super cool but you're going there with like a platoon of people and everyone's getting just taken out left right center and you yourself are walking around with a huge question mark like am i even doing something right like what's going on yeah because if you're any other pairs there's there's very little compared to such an event as brexit yeah you can look at which like the Swiss franc and when they started unregulating their, when they unpegged their pair, that has the same effect, but nothing to this scale, to this chaotic volume as Brexit. So that's what makes it super interesting. That's why we're still in the game now is because 
it's such fresh and still going price action that you can use previous levels. And at the same time, you can also have the flexibility of switching between your higher time frames and seeing everything that happened left. And, you know, we're entering here and there, you know, we've entered those pre Brexit levels and we can use those again. So that's really nice because those have been untouched for, you know, three, four years. Yeah. And we can have the adaptability of going to a small time frame mm-hmm. and just using the pioneer mindset of new price action, fresh on the spot to the dot price action. I can um, quickly relate. I'm going to interrupt you here with the pioneering is that EuroCAD, the Euro uh, Canadian dollar, for example, when this pandemic started in March, uh, we had the exact same effect when we had the huge uh, oil uh, dump where we had the futures go negative exactly first time ever exactly and uh, i remember we traded that with you as well yeah we were trying to uh, yeah but the thing is with eurocad it also created these new levels up high where all the structures of the weekly and monthly more weekly i say are being played out right now because everything else is so far below that's the thing exactly that right um i say could you compare maybe to what extent this period from March to maybe June or March, May uh, kind of compares to Brexit in terms of like, because we saw volatility, we saw EuroCAD, yeah. we saw your JPY, they used to move like 300 pips off a key yeah. level or something, you know? Yeah. In what extent do you like quickly moving, like uh, comparing your, how you started in the beginning, not knowing like in right. uh, during Brexit and I, seeing the same kind of movements now, did you manage to apply anything or did you manage to like play on these moves that you saw now? Because you've seen these moves before, yeah. those three, 400 pips. Exactly. No, I think, <clears throat> I think what's important to note is uh, the key takeaway from going through fresh volatility and, you know, new volatility in the sense that it's new, but it's on the same levels is that, you can take away um, and formulate the way price moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be more specific, it's more of, let's say, how information about that pair is being brought out. So I'm really focusing on headlines here. I think that's the most important. You can really anticipate and feel which headlines are going to be a lot more drastic to the pair than headlines that are going to have a lesser effect to the pair. Um, and the key takeaways, you also know exactly when it's a period of time that headlines are going to be important and when um, it's a period of time when numbers are going to be important. So your basic CPI numbers, let's say, mm-hmm. or your basic uh, MOM numbers, all of those just numbers that apply to, let's say, your pair. You can see when a pair is more biased towards headline fundamentals versus uh, more numbers and statistics fundamentals based on you know their economy from mm-hmm. prior months, prior quartals. And I think that's the most important thing to take away here is if we compare the last period that you were noting about, so this year's March, from March onwards, right, we've seen quite a lot of volatility with this whole pandemic going on. And yet again, yet behold, what's happening again is we're seeing more and more Brexit talks just happening again you know it's coming back in the picture yeah so you're really seeing that that 
that we're shifting again from from a number game, so stat game, and we're we're heading back. I think this last quartile, and at least Q1, Q2, 2021 is going to be more of a headline game. I agree because you know Boris Johnson, he's back at the game. He's got this whole pandemic to deal with, and at the same time, you know, he's got this whole thing, this whole whole plan lying on his shoulders and yeah. we're, we're four years down the line and we're still not a hundred percent out of it so it's such an ongoing thing with a fluctuation of a period of silence of headlines where it's like in the background it's like oh yeah brexit is uh we had our vote it's happening tomorrow is the day yada yada and then you see two or three months go by and then no one's talking about brexit but then suddenly you're focusing on the numbers again you're like oh crap, I got to look at my calendar again because yeah. now that's more important. And now we saw that the whole pandemic happened uh, beginning of this year, which went super lax for pretty much every pair across the board. But you also saw specifically from Q2 onwards that when the pound was more fluctuated by numbers, uh, when, when the pound was releasing numbers, it wasn't affected as much at all, you know, any number given out which was worse than expected let's say 20 30 pip movement yeah nothing nothing absolutely nothing compared to when brexit headlines were silent and you'd have an unreleased number uh, unreleased outcome and then you'd have movements of at least minimum you know 80 100 pips mm -hmm. in the whipsaw yeah so the volatility is there and mm. it's just a matter <clears throat> just a matter of actually knowing what fundamental factors are driving, I think, pound sterling. And it's difficult to tell because you can't adapt that quickly. There's no switch. There's no takeaway. Like it, it takes a period of time to realize, oh, hey, it's been a month now and the numbers given this month haven't moved the pair whatsoever. And every time there's a headline, you see ah, price moves. So then you can realize next month, hey, is it the same? If so, you've got a pattern and then you can play yeah. that pattern for the next two or three months. So it's a difficult ball game, but it's what brings volatility. And at the end of the day, without volatility, you can't trade. Yeah. You need a little bit of volatility, not too much, not too little. It's finding that balance. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, to quickly add to that, I mean, especially also USD, the elections are coming up. So GU <laughs> is really, you know, going at it because we have exactly. the Brexit talks uh, now lined Election. up, I think the 25th October, there's a deadline again. Yeah. Uh, so, and the USD, uh, 23rd of October is the last uh, presidential debate. Exactly. So in that sense, that's just insane. That's chaotic. It's, it's going to be a very chaotic uh, Q4. This I, end of the year is going to be absolutely wild, I think, uh, with Christmas coming up. Yeah, See, even pumps. Absolutely, I think so too. Uh, I'm curious, like I'm excited, but at the same time, it's it's uh, it's a matter of greed versus fear of your own. What are you looking for? How much are you willing to risk? Are you going to get your hands burnt? Yeah, question you don't know until you actually experience it. Exactly. So we don't know what curved balls we're going to get uh, the next couple of months. Um, yeah. Let's go back to, so when the crash happened uh, with Brexit, the big candles yeah. breaking everything, we created the new lows. Yeah. And you said you've started focusing on the smaller time frames. Exactly, exactly that. So could you carry on? What did you do after that to kind of rebuild 
to start from nothing in a sense with the new structures? What uh, tactics did you play or what, what did you do? Um, essentially, when you just now, when you look at smaller time frames as well, what that means is you're basing your trades on a lot less information, right? We all look at candlesticks and we all do analysis on candlesticks, but the smaller the time frame is, the less you can expect from the move because the movements are smaller, right? Correct. Let's say when you when you dive deep into M30, M15, you you see your high to low on your graph. Let's say you've got a nice zoom, you can just see everything clearly. You've, you've got a range, which is much smaller than the range you obviously see on H1, H4 daily, yep. right? Because you, you see a lot more movement. So what you got to adapt to is that your pip count is going to be drastically smaller. Like you can't swing trade. You can't get 100 pips on M15. If you do, that was probably a trade that you could have seen on H1, H4, yeah. right? Because you're on such a smaller time frame that the, what you're seeing, what you're basing your analysis on when you're looking left and you're not dragging your screen prior because then you'd have to go up a time frame. If you're sticking to the rules of your game plan, which is, hey, I'm looking at what I'm seeing on my screen on this time frame. I look left, I see my technicals, I see my stuff. That's what I'm basing on. So you've got, let's say, 24 hours that you can look at on M30, right? Yeah. At least for my screen, my ratios. Whereas whereas with H1, H4, you, you've got days, you've got weeks that you can look and respect from your technicals. Yeah. And obviously, in those days and in those weeks, your high to low range is significantly higher. So what you can expect for that to happen is, hey, these moves can go back significantly to those points that I see on left. And if you look at the gaps on that, that's, you know, your ranges, that's your 100, 200 pips. So when you go down to a smaller time frame, you got to be realistic to yourself and realize like, hey, the tactics that I had on, <clears throat> on H1, H4, where I was aiming for 160 pips to 200 pips, like full final TP, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work on H1, uh, on M30, M15, let's say, because you're you're sacrificing efficiency if you are targeting for that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're on M15 and you're targeting for 150 pips, that's out of your range. You know, that's I don't know how small your 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 graph is going to be if you want to have your TP there, but that's out of your range. Correct. If you look left. None of the none of the candles in the last 24 hours, unless you know there was a sick event that just happened. Yeah. Is going to be that 150 to 200 pips right what you what you got to do is like hey i've got 24 hours on my left which means that in the next 24 hours i'm going to have a complete different picture in front of me mm -hmm. so that means that you know the time that you expect your trade to tp is also significantly reduced because if you're in a trade on an m15 trade for more than 24 hours you're on the wrong time frame, my friend, because yeah. <laughs> the moment that you're still in that trade and you look left, you have 24 hours of new information from your entry point. You're like, hey, but I'm still in a trade. And in these 24 hours, I couldn't take anything because I was in a trade. Exactly. And it painted itself. You know, it's floating, it's floating, it's ranging, it's doing its thing. You're maybe 30 pips up. You're like, I wanted that 100 pips. You're not going to get that 100 pips no. on 15. No, it's not happening. So it's, it's a wake-up call, but it's an interesting wake-up call because 
you become more adapted to the market. You become a lot more flexible and you understand that, hey, the tactic, what you do is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your technical analysis doesn't change. You look for the same things, mm-hmm. but you just reduce your expectations in terms of pip counts. I think that's to summarize the most clearly is the moment you realize like, hey, everything's fresh. You know, you're breaking your last high, your local high of the last 24 hours is 20 pips away. So why would you expect a break retest with a TP of 80 pips? Yeah. That's not happening. Fair. So let's say you break, you, you're 20 pips away from your local high on M15. That's quite a bit. On H1, normally you're like, you know, we've got pending orders that are 80 pips away. Yeah. 80 pips. So then you're obviously anticipating a bigger movement, a reaction from that local high. Let's say if you're first doing the bounce, if the break retest, same concept. You broke something. It took 80 pips to get to that local high. We're waiting for a break, which is another, you know, 15, 30 pips. Yeah. Then a retest of 15, 30 pips. And then we want to catch 50 pips. There's no way on M15 that I'm going to, you know, my local high is 20 pips away. What am I going to do? I'm going to wait for a 30 pip break on M15. Yeah, <laughs> no. no. Like, so you're, 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 you're basically putting yourself in a like narrow tunnel vision yeah. and realizing, yeah. hey, the movements are smaller, but the movements are the same just smaller so at the end of the day if you do it right it takes a bit to adapt to but it's a lot more fresh it's a lot more active and that's the thing with smaller time frames that's why the people that trade smaller time frames they trade full sessions because their picture in front of them keeps changing if they don't see anything in these 24 hours they gotta wait you know you gotta wait until something meets your entry criteria but that means yeah. that you gotta stay behind your screen a lot longer than the guys that are position trading, swing trading. Yeah. Because like like what we do, exactly that. We wait for a four-hour close because that's the next information. That's the next piece of our puzzle. Exactly. If it doesn't show what we want to see, cool, we can dive in. Uh, we can dive further in a time frame, but we're not waiting the entire, like, four candles on H1 yeah. that we normally see in one candle on H4. Yeah, correct. For example. If you want to, obviously that goes in exponentially. If you're on M15, <laughs> the picture that we see on H4 is, uh, if you do some quick maths, it's kind of late for me, but it's a lot, a lot more candles, It's a lot right? more candles indeed, yeah. 16 more candles, if I believe. So, one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Four H1, four, eight, 12, 16. Yeah, 16 candles. 16 candles and let's say if you only see like 24 max on your screen that's like already two-thirds of your picture that you're basing your technicals on so what i can really take away from this is that let's say we do see more crashes in the market for those who actually want to continue trading and actually see opportunities is go dive down to smaller time frames and use the exact same things you used on the higher time frames but then use the 24-hour yeah. data to generate yeah. your ideas really exactly insightful that. okay um, I have a question regarding fundamentals for you uh, on the Brexit uh, because you traded when Theresa May was still the PM. Yeah, big and... shout out. Huh? <laughs> big shout out. Yo. Yeah. Big ups. <laughs> <laughs> and you've traded through uh, Boris Johnson's uh, uh, election because I already traded yeah. then as well. So I was there as well. But yeah. in what sense can you say the change of PM changed headlines and the way that GBP trades. 
if you can mention any if if anything right uh it's the same concept whenever whenever a country gets a really new influential speaker for their currency it's uh it's the same way that you analyze anyone it's all about their tone and their mannerism on how they speak mm-hmm. so with Theresa may uh it's it's all in essence of how does she approach her perspective of her economy and if that's out of the ordinary so we're talking about you know dovish or hawkishness of your pm if your pm is usually hawkish and then suddenly they get a really dovish uh let's say speech out there then you know there's something boiling under the pot you know something's going to happen because if they're usually not that dovish then yeah. why are they dovish now right so it's uh it's a lot different you know the thing with the switch of pms is that you have to get used to boris johnson and you know till this day we're still not used to boris johnson the guy the guy the guy talks he talks a lot so it's difficult for him he's a very um he's a very you know he's very optimistic about uh, the brexit economy and he's got quite the hawkish approach to the gdp Indeed. so you know he's not that yeah, that's the thing, you know, he's uh, he's out there, he wants to make moves, he really wants to get this deal sorted out, and he's really out there, you know, standing up for, for the pound sterling, he has lots of faith, and so that's good to see, you know, don't get me wrong, that's good to see, but if there's no out of the ordinary, it doesn't make yeah. any difference, so, but if one day, if one day he's like, hey guys, uh, I'm really not feeling it with, with this whole Brexit deal, and uh, the EU talks have been going super bad, then it's like, ah, but Boris, my man, yeah. you've been so positive about everything. You know, you were saying, uh, fuck, go, go Britain. Yeah. You're doing great. Unity. This was a great decision. Go Brexit. And now you're saying, ah, actually, guys, I'm having second thoughts. Then you're going to see a reaction to his, uh, to his, to his mannerism against the, against the pound sterling. So it's yeah. all about understanding and recognizing the way that these spokesmen, the, that they speak and how they come forth about their economy. If they're more confident, if they're less confident, and then suddenly if there's a change in that pattern, then you're going to see reactions. Yeah. Although you know, we all, let's be honest, it's all Theresa May. She was a sweetheart. We, we all appreciated the effort that she put into it. But at the end of the day, we're still four years further and we, we've not really come, we've come a little bit further, but it's still happening. So yeah, still deadline good. on deadline on deadline, deadline, deadline after deadline. So, Whoever is the PM for Britain is always going to get roasted and flamed no matter what, because it's four years since 2016 that's been going on. So it's yeah. starting to become, but we just got to make sure that we know uh, what the pattern is of these spokesmen and make sure they're on the right side. Yeah. To benefit us the most, I think. Yeah. To put, I think it, that, to put it easily. That's really relatable to the uh, European Central Bank when uh, Mario Draghi was a. Uh... Draghi. <laughs> yeah, when he had his uh, dovish uh, outlook always yeah. on the ECB. Yeah. And now Draghi he changed to Lagarde and she she looks at it more, I'd say, with a little more open-minded exactly. in comparison so to him, you know? Exactly that. But again, let's take uh, everything with a grain of salt because she also sugarcoats a lot of things which, <laughs> in essence, are not how they are in reality. Yeah. No, that's the thing. So that, that's what makes it interesting. You know, it keeps it exciting, keeps you on your heels the whole time, on your heels, on your tippy toes, my bad. It keeps you, it keeps you in the game. Yeah. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, if your risk management is tight, you're fine with whatever happens. Uh, 
exactly. matter what happens. Yeah, okay, breath handles, your stops do get lifted and then you get liquidated. But hey, yeah, all in all, those type of things shouldn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Happen every so often. But if your RM is in points, your RM is in points. Yeah, and uh, Q4, you're going to be trading GBP. Uh, yeah, we've been bringing out GBP stuff here and there. We had this one this week, which uh, which is just me being rusty, calling it too soon. But mm -hmm. uh, the movements are there. The volatility is there. The tech is being respected. Mm -hmm. Just got to make sure exactly that we're entering what I believe the next uh, at least two quartiles is going to be headline oriented because we've got this deadline again. Yeah. Um, and obviously everything is going to be headline oriented because numbers don't matter. We've seen the numbers, everything's going, you know, the whole, the world, the world is, is it, it's, it's not going good. So numbers don't matter. We know the numbers, it's bad. Yeah. And you know, the little, little sign of positivity doesn't take away that, you know, the numbers are still bad. So we need headlines, proper headlines of either revolutionary stuff. You know, when the vaccine comes out, we're going to see, we're going to see headlines. Does that mean but, that uh, traders now should spend more time reviewing fundamentals and literally listening to every single move? Or what would you recommend? I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult because, um, but that, that's always the big question is you can look at your news, you can, you can see your, your source and you can always pinpoint something, right? So you can always, if you look long enough, you'll find what you're looking for or you'll find something that you're looking for sure um, that, that's the thing like but at the end of the day if you're spending your entire day looking at news sources you can always point the finger at a news source and be like hey that was it no but that's i mean like would you have when you're sitting at your pc for example doing your own work would you have like news playing in the background or like light or like alerts for like um um breaking news sorry for like breaking course, no, news of course no that that's that's a given i mean if you don't have that going on at the moment if you don't have a squawk or any type of right that's um, what i meant yeah no no of course that, that's uh i mean during all of this that's going on is is that that's a must i think that's a mandatory that we've seen now if you're not up to date with proper headlines that are that are you know news breaking then you're you're at a disadvantage mm -hmm. without a doubt but do you need to be reading every article of your local newspaper no Right. No, 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 no. That's uh, that that's really drastic measures if you really want to be on top of your game. Fair like enough. I said, it's, it's uh, what what are you looking for? You're looking for the fucking uh, what's yeah, the, the breaking? The, no, no, no. The, the needle in the in the hay pile. That one. <laughs> the needle in the hay. <laughs> that, that, yeah. You're you're trying to fish for something that isn't there, right? Um, I mean, newspapers and uh, all others, like source of media, like the small ones are all noise. And just like if you're trying to fish something on a daily candle and go for M5, you know, it's, yeah. it's too much noise. There's yeah. no point. It's too much noise. That's the thing. Make it simple for yourself. But yes, uh, to what you're referring for, have a squawk, have any live feed. Well, all of that zero hedge, just have your Twitter refresh. You know, if something pops up, it's important to know, you know, you want to stay up to date that's a that's a must especially just this year yeah if, if tomorrow all of a sudden they bring out a vaccine out of nowhere and you don't know about it and you're in uh, and you're in cells yeah there you go you're caught yeah uh what i do for example is every uh weekend i look for the general outlook of the fundamentals for the yeah. pairs like major fundamentals so i kind of know which where the bias lies okay and uh then 
I play on the higher time frames, those moves. Let's say you're JPY, there's a lot of uh, COVID cases. Let's say there's a lot of uh, like fear and uncertainty. And I know the JPY is safe haven. There's going to be a lot of uh, okay, nice. uh, volume in there. So what I'll do is then I'll look on weekly and daily entries to complement the your JPY cells in the order to complement yeah. the bias, right? I wouldn't be looking on H4 for like quick buys no. or like no. long buys. Like there's no point. I'll be looking on weekly sells. And I yeah, think that's, that's kind of, it's safe. It's safer for me to do that than try to fish little things on H4 or H1 for no apparent reason. Yeah. But go go through your routine. That's a really good one for, for the people out there. Go through your routine. When you sit down on the weekend and you, you create this bias, Right. What's, so, your, what's your plan of attack? Right. So uh, essentially, for those who don't know, I trade two pairs right now. Cool. That being a euro and the Japanese yen. And yeah. uh, the sterling against the Japanese yen. Yeah. Why I chose those two pairs is uh, really simple because the yen is normally the stable one. And then I'm looking at euro and GBP news. Nice. So the Sick. plan of approach is really simple. I sit down and for each of these... Uh, currencies for so these three currencies i'm reading all the news not all the news but the big news what happened previous week first of all i create a review where, where, where do you read this what do you read um there's a so baby pips has one of those uh, really simple um how do you say that summaries on what happens okay they're really basic cool. and he explains yeah. all the top tier events sick the thing cool the, the cool thing about this is that he links all the descriptions uh, not the description, but uh, the li links to all these uh, events. And then I read yeah. on those various websites, which they're linked to, what happened in the events smart. and how that can uh, affect the economy. Um, then okay. I look at the economic uh, calendar, effects uh, street I mainly use, and then I look yeah, into the numbers course, here and there. And then financial juice, I scroll down for the whole week, looking at uh, breaking news mostly, write them down. Yeah. And that's for yeah. three currencies, right? So that's quite a bit of work that can take a couple of hours, yeah, sure. Yeah. But once I have my review of the week, I understand what the bias was. And then I'm going to do the exact same for the following week. On the exact same yeah. sources, I'm going to start reading news and seeing what is what GDP is doing, what's inflation doing, what is COVID cases doing, what's this, what's happening there, yeah. who's the new Art. PM. So, for example, a really good example was three weeks ago or four even, or maybe one and a half months ago, there was a new um, uh, governor chosen for the uh, for Japan, okay. for the yeah. Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bank. And that was, really, um, that was really positive for the yen because he was a really good yeah. governor. And so I understood that. And in Europe, there was a lot of uncertainty and fear. So that was a clear indication for me that on the weekly, I'm going for sales and... Yeah, I think I popped smart. off 400 pips on Sick. a weekly over two Absolutely. period time span, you know? Yeah. And then I use the H4, so on the four hour confluences to double up on those retracements or structures. Really milk the trade, get the most out of it. Exactly. So I nice, think, man. yeah, thank you. You know, that's a really good. That's a good tip. I mean, getting those outlooks done, that's a huge game changer I, I think it's for those who if you're really sitting there on h1 and you're really breaking your head about what's going to happen look at the bigger picture and take one trade yeah. but let it run so you make some money then you're breaking your head and you're ruining your day exactly that exactly that right that's a really good one that's a really smart one to just note out to uh 
to people for a new tactic just get that bias get that directional bias exactly you know and look at the bigger picture yeah don't Thank make you. don't make things uh, complicated because for me personally i'm not going to lie i if i'm sitting on h4 and i don't see anything i start beating myself up because i want to see things and that's a yeah, huge you mistake something that isn't there you look you try to look for something that just isn't there if you don't see it in the first you know 15 20 minutes even less you know the more experience you get the more easier it is to filter stuff out if you don't see it within the time that you want to see it exactly if it takes your whole h4 candle to see an h4 setup you know you're doing something wrong exactly right it's not supposed to take you that long and uh for fundamentals for those who say fundamentals aren't important right now they are really important yeah. yes there are yeah. times when you can number crunch like you just said yeah and uh you can literally look at structures but now is not the time for that exactly that's the thing that's, that brings me back to, to the, that pattern. You got to know when something is headline based and when something is number based, but all in all, it's a huge disadvantage if you don't at least have your fundamentals on point with whatever shift, whatever period is going on at that moment. Exactly. And look, we're, uh, we're rather, uh, uh, let's say skilled traders cause we understand what's going on and looking at what happened this whole year you know for everyone that's watching look at gold towards the end of this year because we all know what's going to happen to gold because you know what happens to gold in the last two months of the year right yeah. we have the gold bull run and let's see how these presidential elections and how the covid cases and how all of this lines up to see yeah. how much and what gold will do exactly so, it's gonna be interesting super interesting exactly like i'm I'm really, I don't know. I don't expect anything. I really have no idea what highs it may break or what it will do, but yeah. my, I already have my bias for it. And I'm pretty sure uh, most people already who know. What they're everyone, doing. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows what direction they're going for. It's just making sure that you don't. The biggest don't thing is where you're going to enter, you know? Yeah. Because you know? uh, no, the directional uh, bias is there. It's just where you're going to end. It's going to be interesting because it's a, it's a recurring theme. Yeah, that more and more people are getting to know, obviously, and especially with what you just said—the elections being right around the corner. Yeah, and it's rounding up the year, Chinese New Year, safe haven pumps, everything. It's uh, ooh, I don't know if I'm excited or if I'm scared. Either way, I mean, for some it's gonna be a good Christmas, and for some it's gonna be a terrible one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> roughly said. Yeah, I all I'm saying is that. Uh, you can remember yourself in your shoes when you started trading Brexit. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of starting traders are going to feel the same the end of this year when they jump onto the Forex wagon. Yeah, no, but, I mean, the, any key last final takeaways from that is just uh, whatever you do, just risk management is the most important thing you can do. As long as you can survive whatever happens to you and your account is safe, then you can relearn. Exactly. You can, experience more and then you can evaluate where it went wrong but if you have nothing to evaluate it's difficult to learn exactly uh, last note on that is that for those who want to try to quick flip and everything let's just put into perspective that institutions uh run approximately 20 to 30 percent annual re annual returns yeah year to date they do 20 percent year to date so don't try to do 20 percent in a day exactly gonna, simple as so i think uh nice. Super I think, nice. Yeah, I really appreciate all the tips and uh, your insights on everything. Likewise to you. Good, good that you shared that little outlook going on. I think that's going to be super beneficial to people that want to up their fundamental game. 
Yeah, I really hope yeah. it would. Of course, they do so. They, they know where to do so. You mentioned a couple of sites. It's going to be super cool. Yeah, and for those who are interested about uh, more info, definitely check out the Archimedes website. I'm going to leave a link in the description. As yeah. well as we got two chats running uh, on Telegram. They're free to join. Yeah. Feel free yeah. to uh, <laughs> drop in. Talk to us. Um, it's all free. Sick. And um, once again, thank you. And uh, likewise, man. Likewise, thanks for having me. great host. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned, guys. There's more to come. And on this note, take care and bye bye.